Oh, oh, see an apex predator. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. There's yeah. no other way to experience an apex predator apexing you, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't have I don't like have Joe get apexed on my bucket list. Let's do Joe Exotic. I also like that you used apex as an adjective and a verb at the same sentence. <laughs> same apexing you. Apex. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is Miley Legitimate Conversation Amongst Friends about college football, RIP, and lifestyle. You can find us at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at The Wheel Route on Twitter. We have an email uh, account on Gmail. It's a Gmail account. It's wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, and the internet at large. And you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram as well, although... We've been taking some time away from Instagram, which mental health days, some mental health days from Instagram. Well, so it's anyhow, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at LogOnTheDawn. Come to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where it's hot. It's been really hot, super duper hot. And um, I have been spending a fair amount of time out in the sun, though. I like to think my tan is popping. Who else is here? <laughs> my name is Jordan Shank. I'm in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, I'm on Twitter.com. Logan, my tan is also popping, as you're well aware. I can see that. And uh, the listeners will just have to take my word for it. But I went to UVA. I abide by the honor code. I would never tell a lie. You have worn the honor of honors. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, I am Jason Kreck. Um, apparently, Jordan doesn't tweet things, but I tweet things at Jason Kreck. Um. Or, or I was just zoned out. I don't know. Did you say that? I, I think I said it. If not, I think you said. I think you said, Jordan, you're on Twitter, and then you said your tan is also popping. I don't think you ever. <laughs> That's gave my a, new handle at, <laughs> at Tan Jordan. No, you got the important things out. That's yeah. that's you're right. Um, I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh, where it's been is fully summer now. It's very toasty in Harrisonburg. Good. Um, during the day, but uh, still, uh, still distancing socially in Harrisonburg just to be safe. That's good. Wise. Uh, it is I, Coach E, known in some circles as Emily Whitehouse. I tweet things sometimes at Wheel Route Intern, Wheel RTE Intern, because nice. Twitter hates me. Um, yeah, my tan also popping. Okay. Also, also you want to know what's popping? My abs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. When you only have limited things to do in your life because of COVID, you just work on your tan and you work on your abs. Just going to be coming out of this trimmer and tanner. That's the Better, goal. Yeah, at least one of us is. Shredded <laughs> in bronze. <laughs> Estin Bede. All right. What are you guys drinking tonight? Jordan, start us off. Uh, I'm drinking a stone beer. It is the Buena Vesa, uh Salt and Lime Lager. Ooh. Uh, it's good. I think it's like it's way more lagery than the Sequench, 
from Dogfish Head, which mm. is a very sour tart, salt and lime uh, take. I so of the two, I would prefer the sequench. I think ideally, the the right way for me to do this would be like sequench dialed down a bit, but it's still a good beer. Uh, I enjoy it very much. What rating would you give it on a scale of one to ten? Uh, one to ten. Well, it's a it's definitely you know a July beer, a beach Ooh. beer. So this is the month to or the season to drink it in. Uh, I'll I'll come in at like a seven point one. I think that's fair. Solid. Seems like a fair fair number. Yeah, it passes. <laughs> Have you had the giant cans of Modelo Limoni Sol? No, but I will put that on my list next time. They're good. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's just a lime, lime and salt beer. But the it's can good. the can artwork on this is awesome. Uh, oh. I've got it in my foam koozie. But while someone else is talking, I'll pop it out. Gotcha, Jason. What's up? Yeah, I can take care of that. Uh, I was <laughs> drinking a Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager. Oh. Um, and on account of a particularly eventful round of golf earlier this evening, I am now drinking water <laughs> because oh. otherwise things would get bad. <laughs> and I have to be, I have to take my car to the shop first thing in the morning tomorrow. And I don't oh. particularly feel like sleeping through that. So. Me too, Jason. Me too. Nice. Car, car yeah. shop buddies. Adulting. Yeah. Yeah. Love to see it, Emily. Water for us. the birds. Um, I'm drinking a Big Storm Brewing Bromosa brewed with tangerines. It's a big can. It's a big boy. Tangerine pulp in there, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Breakfast beers for days. Wow. That's delicious. I mostly picked it out of the cooler of remaining beers from Fourth of July festivities because it was a big can. And this way I can prevent having to go back to the kitchen in the middle of this podcast. Fourth of July festivities festivities slash Koji's birthday festivities. Everyone shout out to Koji. It's her, it was her birthday this week. Woo. You did yes. it. Don't look a day now 31. solidly in my 30s, you know? Okay. Whole both year. In. Welcome, welcome to the club. You and me both, brah. Um, I no, have... You know, you know, I have a uh, <laughs> Modelo. I'm, I'm going out of the squatty bottles, though. That's what nice. I do. Mm. Um, I've been drinking a lot of canned Modellos uh, in probably the last year or so of my life, but uh, sometimes I was I was saying that the, the little glass bottle hits hits differently, you know. It's delicious. It does. So and squatty anyway. bottles are usually good. I mean, there's not yeah, many yeah. that. It... I mean, this is a very unique bottle in the like grand scheme of beers. Like, I'm I'm curious as to how Modelo yeah. ended up. What's the uh, uh, session? That was always the super squatty bottle that we always got. Yeah, there's like the red stripe bottles, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah the little babies. The little, they had a natural light that was like that, too. The natty, the, the original natty daddies or fatty natties, whatever they called them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were just like the little bullet uh, bottles. Of memories, natural, you know? Memories. <laughs> uh, those are the days. Anyhow, all right. Well, <laughs> good to see you guys. I'm glad that uh, we are all here again. We've, we've, we have taken been like two months right at least been a hiatus yeah summer sabbatical we're we're all here including nora who's like managed to wedge herself in In between between our chairs right now and has brought the toy to us that she hasn't played with in months and managed to bring it to us to be like hey can we play like now seems like a good time so anyhow you know how it goes it's not a good podcast without nora clicking around in the background 
That's true. Um, but yeah, no, we took we took a little time off. Uh, the block has been a little hot, current events wise, so we figured it might be good to let it breathe. Uh, glad though that we're uh, back together and everyone has stayed safe. Everybody, everybody has stayed safe so far that we know of. So far, uh, yeah. As far as I know, I got. Any, I, you any updates? Yeah, so I got uh, swabbed today. Um, Did you go over to Harrisonburg? Yeah. So nice. the city of Harrisonburg partnered with the Virginia Department of Health to offer free COVID-19 tests at Harrisonburg High School this afternoon. Um, I I guess like end of last week, and I don't know how much of this is just like me being paranoid or oh, yeah. legitimate, but like kind of noticed like, hmm, I kind of think I might have a cough coming on and like... You know, my throat does feel sore now that I'm reading these list of symptoms. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a test, you know? Um, so drove over there, uh, like systems wise, it was, you know, not, it didn't move super fast. There was a line all down garbage church road. Um, but they were doing their best shout out to everybody who was fully. It It was 500 tests, I think. So. Yeah, fully suited and booted in PPE yeah. out in like 92 degree weather on the blacktop of the parking lot. Um, but they they got us through there. It hurt like hell. I mean, they jam that thing into your face. Um, hit both sides of my nose. Um, I do believe I have dash cam footage of it that I can pull <laughs> and uh, either, either post or send to to the highest bidder via the, the Patreon or the DMS. Um, but shout out to the young lady who, who did it cause it was not fun, but she was a pro and, uh, yeah, I think I get my results in five to seven days. Um, and then we go from there. So exciting times for sure. So like, what is the, uh, the let's just say, for talking purposes, you you have a positive result. Mm-hmm. Do you immediately then go get another test to see if you're two weeks out negative, or what is like what's going to be your approach? So they actually gave you a nice little packet of information. Ah, lovely. Uh, at the exit line, and so there are two kind of routes you can take uh, in terms of clearing yourself to play again, okay. more or less. <laughs> Um, there's a non-test option where they have, uh, three criteria. You have to meet all of them. So no fever for at least 72 hours and other symptoms have improved and at least 10 days have passed since your symptoms first appeared. Um, I haven't had a fever at all. I've been taking my temperature like a good boy. Um, no fever to speak of praise Jesus. Uh, and then there's also a testing option you can go through. I would prefer the non-testing option because yeah. I don't want my nasal cavities violated anymore. That was terrible. Need to be. <laughs> um, well, and if you're if if it's five to seven days to get the results back, you're likely. I mean, if you're not most of the way through it, and or feeling better, if you're seven seven days through it, you just need to make sure you don't pop a fever. Right. Yeah. And so the thing I'm kind of like, I'm kind of dreading is, okay, like, let's say I get a call Friday and they tell me I have a positive test, but by then I'm feeling great. 
like we Jason and I are signed up for a captain's choice tournament Saturday. So it's like, then I have uh, a personal decision to make. Right. Like, <laughs> do I want to roll up to back saddle 24 hours off of a, of a call from the department of health and be like, all right, boys, let's pipe it down the middle today. Not, <laughs> not going to, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and answer that for you. If you'd like me to consult on that. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, omit that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'll either, I'll, I get a call either way. They'll either tell me I'm negative or they say you tested positive and here's what you should do next. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Well, God's peace. T's and P's up. Yeah. I de- definitely feel you not playing down your symptoms at all, but I um, spend a fair amount of time uh, at a, at a construction site and it is right smack dab on Lake Okeechobee. And uh, they, they have like a, a fair amount of the algae blooming on the lake right now. And I think it just naturally causes you to have a bit of a raw throat. And uh, it's like not super great to breathe. Um, that's well documented. <laughs> kind of sure. part of the part of the reasoning behind my job. We're trying to prevent this from happening. These forward. are all super comforting things that you're throwing out. We appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> prevent this, this kind of water from being discharged uh, like through the city that I live in and into uh, our waterways that we fish in and recreate in and on. But uh, regardless, so like I pretty much am staying kind of scratchy throat. I've started taking allergy medicine that has helped, <laughs> but it's like, I am 100% always like, you know, trying to do the like, uh, you know, like uh, under under the radar, like light clearing of the throat cough. It's like, don't worry guys, it's a wet cough. Don't worry, you can tell, right? Super, <laughs> right. Super wet. You heard it. But yeah, anyhow, it's just, but it's funny how you can get in your own head about this and be like, oh no. I heard somebody tested positive uh, over there and maybe I was over there. And, oh no. Like what's happening? You know, like, I, I don't know. You, it's pretty much one of two things you think about these days. So it's, uh, um, unfortunate that it occupies so much space in our minds, but yeah, good, good on you for being proactive. And I, I trust that we're all doing the best we can at this stuff. So do you yeah. wear a mask while you're on the job site? Yeah. I wear a buff. Yeah. It's surprising that it doesn't help more with the algae. That's a little concerning. I mean, I don't know. Sidebar. I don't also know Sidebar. if the algae is the reason or if it's just really hot and dusty. Yeah. And, or, it's, <laughs> or there's like stuff blooming and I just am having allergies for the past month since I've started going there. <laughs> but, Married couple sidebar. Anyhow, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't really know. But yeah, I want to talk about wearing uh, PPE out in the sun. Woo. Yeah, that's that can't be a joke because it was... Uh... So. It was a hot one in Harrisonburg, as Jason mentioned, and they did all this testing in the like the parking lot adjacent to the tennis courts at the high school. So they just had everybody kind of driving in a loop and these people were walking back and forth and a lot of plastic on the people administering the tests. And uh, it's just a a walking sauna. God bless them. Nice and swampy in there. They were cutting weight. If they had to wrestle tomorrow, they they would be ready. I uh, wonder if they had a nice cooler of ice down Modelo bottles for afterwards. Well, they I had, hope so. Like, I would, uh, I would crowdsource that. I'd put five bucks in for it. Oh yeah, for sure. They had like a little yeah. uh, kind of camping trailer set up in the middle that they were running some of the paperwork out of, um, and I'm sure that was plugged into some good running cool air. Um, I would hope so, at least. Otherwise, that's a sweat box and a half. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, but, gross. Cool. All right. Uh, right. Let's see what's next. Jason, uh, when we last spoke, I think you were on the 
you were on the cusp of acquiring a smoker. Um, oh, geez, that's uh, that's a whole era ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pre-smoker Jason. Yeah, that was, yeah that's, he was, I was a whole different you. man at the time. He's been baptized and, in the waters and he's been reborn. It's, yeah, it's the true. Instagram has been popping. Uh, yep. You sent me a picture of your marker board tracking the meats that are in your new freezer. Things have Correct. seemed to have accelerated quickly over the last two months with you. So fill yeah. us in and try to try to be uh, try to be concise, please. Um, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll, I've trimmed this to down <laughs> under an hour, so that's the best okay. I can offer. Thank you. Um, yeah, I uh, I acquired a uh, a Camp Chef twenty uh, four inch pellet pellet smoker. Um, Smoke Pro. Uh, something like that. I forget the exact I forget the exact model. We talked about it, and I forgot it then too. We so talked about cool. it a lot. I mean, yeah. I listen. One of my favorite things to talk about. But, certainly, uh, certainly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would like to go on record that it's not always me bringing it up. I was asked. Oh, no, I, I, I like to. No, listen. You and I both like to talk, so I mean, it, it's it works out it's when we when we have a mutual um, mistake. Yeah, and uh, in the days since, um, I've made a few trips. Uh, you know, one or six trips to Costco to uh, acquire large cuts of meat. Um, rapidly outgrew. Rapidly outgrew my refrigerator freezer um, and purchased a like full, uh, I think like eight and a half cubic foot freezer for the basement. Okay. Um, have like since that. filled that to the brim with <laughs> various cuts of meat. Slabs, uh, yeah, I, if you will. I sent the yeah several slabs. I sent the I sent the dry erase board to Logan. Logan seen it, but to the top of my it <laughs> tracks the. The date and the type of meat that went it went in and, and yes. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I uh, I I heartily heartily endorse the the Camp Chef smoker that I acquired. Um, I've learned that it's not like it's not super hard to make really good smoked meat. Like you yeah. literally like I don't I don't claim to have any special skill at it. It literally takes a good rub and patience. Like to yeah. make a good pork butt, you have to know that like it's gonna be you. You gotta start it like nine and a half, ten hours before you want to eat it. Like right. that's all it is. It's not like it's not it's not like French cuisine where you have to like judge what it looks like and like oh this right. needs to flip now and that sort of thing. Like no man, close the door and open it in five hours when you gotta spritz it. Yeah, um, and you've you've subtracted. I mean that's sort of the beauty of the uh, the machine that you have exactly. acquired and and what they've seemed to have done with these. Uh, these pellet smokers is you've subtracted out like really all the the, the work that goes into maintaining right. the temperature which is painstaking and frankly yeah. the reason that i don't do as many smokes as i'd like to probably just because yeah. it's a it's a full-time day of walking out the yeah, door no, maintaining the wood out. is like yeah. that's that's the real arts and that's why you know that's, that's why she said Nice. Um, <laughs> that, that's art. why like franklin's and terry blacks and that sort of thing are like a step above is because they right. work really hard at maintaining the art or, or the see now i'm all turned around maintaining the wood if you will and uh and the venting and the flow of the smoke and that sort of thing um but yeah i like i i know it's like half considered cheating like by like true uh, smokers but man like i don't care like get a pellet cooker it's so good that's it's on the list with me. Yeah. So I've I've done uh, in the last month. <laughs> add a girl. In the last month, I've done uh, two pork butts, uh, three or four racks of ribs, um, several iterations of wings. Mm. Um, smoked, wing. smoked wings are awesome. 
uh, it's fantastic. Um, and, and one or two other things that I'm blanking on right now, but yeah, I, uh, I made one last, I, I, I think things are, are not doing well on the COVID front. So I made one last Costco run earlier this week and spent far too much money, but, uh, meat prices had recently, had recently come down from their peak. And so I got two full briskets and, uh, some beef ribs and a full pork belly and, Oh, then four more I can't resist steaks at Costco. So you gotta fill that freezer. I mean it's uh it's done. I have I have done so. Um got myself a vacuum packer because why not? Uh, Our vacuum sealer. And so all the steaks are individually sealed on the rack. It's wonderful. Wow. See this would really like a vacuum sealer would really play to my O C D traits. I'm just I think saying. it's, I think it's delightful. Idea. Yeah. If you if I actually caught more fish, it would be a good idea to have. Uh, That's also true. Yeah, if, yeah. You would, if you would catch fish, period. All right. Well, like, oh, <laughs> we're just dumping the purse uh, out. Jason, Jason, I'll take the heat off of Logan real quick. There you go. Um, so I've seen exactly certain uh, Traeger corners of the Instagrams where people will sure. kind of branch out and do like nachos on the trigger or yeah. vegetables or like bacon I've seen, uh, have, have I've you seen dabbled a, uh, outside of the the slabs of meat lately? i haven't yet but i've i've meant to uh, i know you can do veggies and i want to do that a little bit um <laughs> there's a there's a really good uh somebody i forget who it was posted a recipe for smoked mac and cheese yeah oh um which so i i definitely need to try since mac and cheese is the king of sides um but yeah i mean the, it, there doesn't seem to be a limit on things that you can't smoke, really. Like, if it yeah. can absorb flavor, it can absorb smoke, and so you can just get get after it. And now I, I've I'm still I'm st I'm still a rookie, but it uh, it doesn't take a lot to make it great. Yeah, I think I think pizzas would be really good too. Pizzas yeah, would certainly. be good. I mean the the plan for November is obviously a turkey, so I got to work Turkey's my way up to that. Turkeys are good. I think your yeah. your uh, challenge between now and the next podcast, which I feel like we should all have a like you know weekly challenge, just putting it out <laughs> cool. there. Um, maybe you should try to smoke some kind of dessert. Cobbler. Well, some would or argue that meat is a dessert in some <laughs> some seasons of life. With you, you've lost like me with this categorization. Yeah, and, as I twirl yeah. the end of my mustache. <laughs> people mm. people who look like you tend to have that opinion. Mm. Like, uh, you, were, you were talking uh, about French cuisine earlier. Just blend the art of French baking oh, with smoking in two worlds into blind. one. I mean, you might be uh, onto something here. You think, are you thinking like a, like, like a pastry style dessert? Or what are we thinking? I'm thinking peach cobbler. Like a peach cobbler has got to be good. Something cobbler. with a okay. crust. That would, sure, that sure, would sure. firm up. Yeah. Fascinating. Get a, get a nice uh, vanilla bean ice cream, plop it in your deep freezer the for the occasion. <laughs> that French vanilla bean. So the question is okay, so now you have a, a, a deep freezer. You got the house. When yep. are you going to start the garden? That, see, here's the thing. Jason strikes know? me as a herb, herb garden guy. <laughs> it's a great way to work on the table. Herb, an herbologist. Yeah. The yeah, that's what I. That's how I've long been known as an herb. herb. Like um, so here's the thing: is that a deep freezer? I can just there's brisket. I can throw brisket on the bottom shelf, and I walk away, and I can come back in like two months, and it's still there. Low maintenance. Um, you know what? I'm hearing a theme here in your pellet smoker in the deep freezer. A lot of low maintenance activities. I think work I've got smarter. 
Work smarter, not harder, Emily. All right. Baby steps. Yeah. Um, no, I could be. I could be about to. Uh, my my spice cabinet is uh, rapidly approaching capacity, so I could be about like an herb garden or something to that effect. Build one of those raised beds on like caster wheels or whatever, yeah, and like yeah. you water the top, yeah. and it all subsequently treacles down. Oh man! Sure. Then next thing, sure. a chicken coop. I mean, yeah. you'll a, be a movable hutch. Super ready for the second spike of COVID. I mean, you work well in normal times. You work in an office environment, so there's a Indeed. good, there's a non-zero chance that you have the person in the office who has a surplus of garden stuff that they just dump on the table at the end of the season, right? Yeah, I I, I can't I I feel like that rings a bell for having occurred in the past, yeah. Yeah. So, I just mean, like that's... hey, I brought a bunch of like I don't know, like, like, gosh, yeah. Just like a weed and <laughs> yeah. it's and everyone Six pounds of zucchini in the fridge for you guys. Go ahead. Like, you got to okay. take it. I'm not taking any home. Like right. well, I'm not either, Sharon. So <laughs> Yeah, Listen, I, I never woke, I didn't wake up this morning thinking, God, I hope someone brings me forty-seven pounds of zucchini. Like I cannot. Wait. Oh man, I could really, I could really go for some yellow squash right now, but I don't <laughs> want to go to the grocery store. Um, guys, that is happening currently right now in our area with mangoes. Mangoes are fantastic, but when they sure. happen, cool. they happen in such massive quantities because yep. the trees are huge. Everyone's got a mango tree. It's just mangoes just completely. And they do out the not have right a now. good shelf life. Like no, you no. you have well, to consume. One hundred and eight degrees outside. You got like thirty six. You got like thirty six hours. Yeah, yeah. Could could yeah. you? Are they like? Do they freeze well? Yeah, you can freeze them and save yeah. them for like, and you can dry them too. Actually, you but you can making like a mango you smoke preserve. Uh, you, could, you can freeze them and like save them for smoothies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what uh, what the 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 non meat addition to my freezer has been ice is every time i go to costco i grab like a 42 pack or whatever it is of king's hawaiian rolls Uh, (laughs) and i toss it in the freezer those are really good they're so good it's a tremendous we uh we got i mean they thaw out in like six hours like you can just set them out and be be good set them next you just set them on top of the smoker yeah, I mean, such like, a little homemaker, Jason. Okay. I needed a hobby, and this one was delicious, so I took it. What are we gonna make, get to meet the misses? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that my smoker, or is? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he's conveniently named his smoker, and he painted on the yeah. back of it like a boat. <laughs> the the <misses>. <laughs> She's a real brute. She likes to wield it. Why it's it? Cast a wheel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know. I've been uh, I've been cooking a lot. I've been I, I I literally like bought nothing on the kitchen and food front for like the first twenty seven years of my life, and so now I'm just going absolutely it. nuts with it. You're all going into correction right now. Yeah. Late bloomer, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I had to I, I had to get rid of the, the Teflon hand me down pan, so I bought a full like uh, just a full stainless steel set. So that's taken some learning to get used I to stainless do, steel. I, I didn't really my parents got some and we didn't really like them you it, it just it takes some getting I'm, I'm getting used to it. i didn't like it at first because it just and that was super annoying um but i like it now because you just have to like you just cook it way below what you're used to cooking it at um and and you yeah. use a decent amount of oil and butter and and that sort of thing and sure. but yeah it's whatever heat you cooked it at before you go like a couple rungs down on the little that's the next house will have a gas range because i'm I'm very over convection or whatever it's called. 
you know what Logan and I are going to tell you? The mistake you made was not going for the Williamson. I'm so sick of hearing about this, Williamson. <laughs> now I'm never, <laughs> never going to buy one. Now. Minutes and 37 <laughs> seconds. How does he get in there? You know? the I'm, I'm literally, it could be, it, I could win it on a game show and I would leave it at the studio. <laughs> I would tell you, Jason, you're going to come here and I'm going to drop an egg from like 14 feet in the air on that thing and you're just going to watch it not stick at all. Okay, we'll move on, That's Jason. Excited yep. for you and your culinary adventure. Keep us posted. We'll we eagerly. Me too. Me too. Eagerly away you starting your uh, smoked meats only Instagram account, which pretty much is where you're at at this point. It's, that's it's at ninety five percent already, so it's only a small step until. Jordan, how's the vehicle? Any updates in your life otherwise? Uh, vehicle's doing well, as far as I know. Still need to do a follow up uh, knock test for the engine to see, you know. Uh, see how that baby's doing. I did yeah. acquire the rear struts to do that job, waiting for the front struts to hit the market. Um, I've been told by the sales rep at some point in September I should expect that. Uh, oh. So finger, fingies crossed for that. Um, but you, I mean, you want if you're going to do them, you do all four of them at the same time, so you can only need one alignment uh, afterwards. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's been kind of nice not having really any like jobs where you're like, yeah, I should probably do that. It would be a good idea to do that here soon. Uh, so yeah, nice, nice little lull in the, in the car maintenance, uh, series, uh, which is fine, you know, done, done making payments on it. So all that money can, you know, just feed the baseball card addiction. It's great. (laughs) That's right. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, I we knew you were forgetting we were do something. Show and, tell oh. and when we left off last, and then just everything hit the fan. Yeah, I knew we were forgetting something. Gotcha. Um, Next week. Do you need to update us on the uh, the baseball card addiction, or is this a safe space to talk about it? Or I mean, it's a to... safe space. We can save it for another episode because okay. I could right. like I could go on and on about you know things. Your find your findings. The landscape and how it's changed <laughs> since we were young lads. Um, and how it's most definitely like conditioning kids to get into gambling. Oh yeah, it's it's like it's like slot machines for kids is what it yeah. is, and and adults like myself still fall for it. So, um, but it's fun. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as I was saying, not making payments on the car anymore, which is nice. Uh, so trying to trying to milk that as long as I can by keeping this one in in good healthy shape. So. You do that once again, adulting at its finest. Yeah, listen to us. Preventative I was say, yeah, <laughs> just thrilling, thrilling podcast takes from the... right. Emily. Um, do we have anything to talk about? Oh, uh, no, you celebrated a birthday. I Congrats. celebrated a birthday. Go team. Yeah, we don't have COVID so far. So Ooh, good on that. Yeah. Uh, oh, we both came out of the stay at home order with new jobs. So we did. Yeah. That's a good point. Big, big turning point in the White House state. Um, but yet we're both still working from home. So yeah. we get to see a lot of each other. We <laughs> podcast together. We essentially work together. We make eye contact. As we she share the marriage bed together. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, it's good yeah. to hear that's everybody's changing in COVID. So it's good to hear that's another one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We, uh, little uh, Martin County, Florida, though, did. Um, on Wednesday, I guess reenact or 
enact a uh, a mask ordinance to wear to wear masks and um people responded predictably uh very measured and uh yeah, well yeah. super on calm the, uh, the board of county commissioners facebook page so yeah. anyhow um, florida is really not having a fine moment and i mean when has, <laughs> when has <laughs> it like, ever had a fine moment in the media spotlight but i mean wow. well, every it's once in a while a... a rocket gets off the ground down there That's true. and yeah. you know is an amazing feat and accomplishment but uh right. otherwise yeah yeah, yeah. Lot to like, uh, lot to, you know, not improve. Not, not, not be so, yeah, a lot of room for improvement. You know what? <laughs> we, can be, we can be culture changers, though. Right? <laughs> right. Hashtag change culture. Enact change from the inside. That's what right. we're doing. Yep. We have infiltrated and now we are enacting. I'm, so. a, I'm a one wing, so I've kind of got that, that justice thing that uh, Jordan's got going on. I can walk you through it. It just involves a lot of like <laughs> internalizing empathy. And, and struggling with that. So. Oh, oh, don't worry. I, I do plenty of that too. So, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had many times throughout the past like couple of weeks been wondering, I wonder how Jordan's doing with all of this. You know, just doing great. Just so great. So chill over yeah. here. Just Super fun, like, he says through grinding teeth. And... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, uh, the gym has been open, which is nice. Because that, uh, it's just nice to see people there. <laughs> it's um, a little sad when you leave, though. It's like, well, I guess I'm gonna go back to my house. Time to go and... back home. All in the bunker. <laughs> see you sometime, I guess. Uh... <laughs> we anoint ourselves in holy oils, you know, a couple times a week, and go to the Publix. It's a good time. Still getting a lot of things delivered, which is always fun. Yeah, the delivery groceries is, I mean, not a terrible. Oh, deal. we did, we did do that. It was great. We actually had some out of town guests swing through. Shout out to Haddon and Whitney, friends of the podcast. Lokes. And uh, shout out to them for making a brave trip, red trip through Florida like three weeks ago. Also, but uh, they sprinting they through the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> swung through for a night. And yeah, we had groceries delivered. It was, only, it was like nine bucks yeah. to have groceries delivered. I was like, Emily, it's only been nine bucks this whole time. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? But anyhow, I mean, we... the only thing that would make me feel slightly better about it from an environmental standpoint is that, they you would, know, like delivering reusable bags. But I don't, have... just... I don't know if there's like a way you could like. They could just get like shopping baskets and just dump it all out. Oh, that's a good idea. Anyway. You just um, walk outside to a pile of groceries up. on your like Mike Bocock emptying a bucket of balls onto the frozen blueberries. <laughs> Love it. But yes, you know, if anyone out there in the universe is listening to this and wants to sponsor the podcast, shipped S H I P T nine dollars flat rate for delivery, or you can get a membership and booze, right? Pay a monthly booze too. Uh, no. Oh, Instacart does Instacart booze. Instacart does Maybe booze, but I will tell regulations you, regulations by very per state. Also, on yeah. these no always a caveat. Right, right. No purchase. There's, there's no laws in Florida. There might be laws yeah. elsewhere. We're being real careful about a sponsorship we don't have yet. But it's, good <laughs> it's good practice. I will say one of the kind of slightly jarring experiences of it, though, is like the person who delivered our groceries, like, is lives in our neighborhood, and I see her out walking her dog. So now it's one of those things, like, oh, she knows what we get. You know, it's just like kind of weird. <laughs> Like, well, oh, she thinks person. she knows, but she's kind of botched the beer over. It's it's like when you run into somebody at the, a friend at the yeah. store and they look inside your cart and you're just slightly ashamed. It's like, like yo, I like Oreos. 
Get those wandering eyes. Eyes up here. Yeah. Eyes up here. My, Don't pay attention to the three eight-packs of Pop-Tarts. Those are for me and the Pop-Tarts. I snack <laughs> heavy during football season. Big yeah. big deal. Yeah. I'm in a bulking phase, all right? This is stress. Winter really is coming. Stress. Really stressful. <laughs> We're getting ready for hurricane season. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Has, has, has any of that rolled through to close by you, your all's neck of the woods yet, or is that? No. No, it's actually been pretty quiet. So there was that big Saharan dust cloud uh, the past yeah. couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys heard about all that, but so we had we had like extremely hazy days around here, and I think supposedly that ha- had helped keep the tropics kind of quiet. Grateful, yeah. grateful for that dust. Shouts yeah. out for historic <laughs> dust clouds. Shouts out it to was, the desert. Yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty interesting to see that. Like you wake up and it'd be like cool sunrise, cool sunsets, but like. When the sun was coming up, it would be like really, really hazy. You're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, it was just because like, it'd be like a clear day, no clouds, but it would seem like almost gray. cloudy. Yeah, like it was just a gray sky. It was kind of when I was in Florida, that same thing happened, but it was because there were wildfires for like two years straight. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do it to you. That happened, Logan, Logan. Maybe that's part of your cough uh, instigator yeah. right there. Is, yeah, is the desert point. sands? That Saharan dust cloud could Couldn't be. Have. Yeah. Made it all the way up to the northern end of Lake Okeechobee. I will say it was weird too because it um it felt less humid. It felt more like a dry heat. God, it was hot. Though. It was so hot. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure which oh, one no. I would prefer because it's still really hot, but like I always I, guess- I always used to get annoyed like um like when you especially when you travel in like the Midwest and like, well it's a dry heat, so it's not as bad. I was like, I don't know if that's accurate. It's just a different hot. I have no, I have no respect for that take. It that just, take is it felt like it's, you open an oven door and it's just like heat coming exactly. at you. Exactly. That's, like. that's okay. no better. It's just a different. See, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I have a clear favorite. Like I've, I've been to Las Vegas, Arizona, that neck of the woods several times. Yeah. Definitely prefer the dry heat because it keeps your clothes moist. Or not moist. Excuse me. It, keeps, it prevents them from being moist. <laughs> the point I'm trying to making. The point I'm trying to make is I don't want moist clothing. So anytime I can keep the clothes dry. Like a couple of years ago, when I crossed Utah off of my catch a fish bucket list, um, I th- it was like end of July, and it was the the temperature sensor on the the rental car i had read 116 and it was like it was oppressively hot and it was not comfortable but if it had been humid i would have wanted to jump off the hoover dam like yeah but i don't think i don't think 116 degree temperatures exist with that kind of humidity i think that's i think that's kind of the i think that's the the the, the way that it works it's like the humidity adds heat index but like i don't think there's anywhere on earth where it's 116 and 100 percent humidity because i just don't think i think there's too much humidity in the air are, are you like, are you, you challenging exist. global warming right now are you are you, are you <laughs> yeah, daring global warming to unless, prove you wrong unless, like, there's like a place in ecuador or something that has like some sort of like weird desert situation but i, I don't know I, I could be i could be wrong there i just it always seems like here it'll be like i, I told you guys yesterday it was 91 in Okeechobee and the heat index was 108. Okay. So it's like, I, I just don't, I, I don't think you're, and, and that also could just be because the way we measure temperature is very stupid. Cause why do we care what temperature it is? If it feels like 108, it sounds like it's 108 to me. So we could all be on the, we could all just be playing on the same level if we just went yeah. by index, but anyhow. 
Who's Seth? I'm just a problem solver. I'm just out here solving it's problems. A platform to run on. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick question. Um, okay. Which word do you feel more comfortable with, moist or damp? Ooh. Oh, I'm comfortable I, with both. I'm I think I prefer moist to damp. Really? Damp is interesting. Is I mean, I, I think if you polled, I think if you polled like a thousand people, damp would be the pick for most of them in terms of what they're most comfortable with. Yeah, because as soon as Jordan starts saying moist, and then you said it multiple times, I was like, Ugh. girls, girls no, really don't yeah, like that. But see, that's, that's part like... of the fun for me is because I know it like it makes <laughs> certain people not not super <laughs> yeah. chill. Um, so it's good to mix it like, up a little bit. Face your fears, yeah. Emily. <laughs> Yeah, exposure therapy in real time. Right. Yeah, I, should be, I should be billing you for this. Classic one way. I'll just go back right? through all the previous episodes and go ahead and ring up your bill then. Sound fair? Yeah. Okay. yeah. It'll, I'm sure it'll get lost in the mail somehow. We have a, we have a platform for that now, actually. Uh, you can just make checks payable to Empower to Heal, Inc. Yeah. Uh, easy, easy money. All right. <laughs> what, what else do you want to say, Emily? You got something oh, okay. To say. So before we go into our next segment, before I forget, I did think of we we've been having that like challenge of like oh between these things which one would you rather we've basically been playing would you rather on this podcast for a while now, <laughs> and there's been an interesting coming one coming up in our circle of friends. Many of us watched the documentary Magnetic. Is that what it was called? Yes, it was. Yes, on Netflix. Highly yes. recommend it. You guys seen it? Nope. No well, idea what you're talking about. Well, if you want an cool. adrenaline rush and you want your butt cheeks clenched the whole time, you need to watch it's it. It's just like about people who do like these like kind sports. of fringe extreme sports. But it's really cool. It's like shot so well. A lot of drone footage. So many near death like, experiences. Yeah, like Red Bull TV videos. Yeah. But like and also like mixed with like crazy Euro dudes. I was anxious the whole time. But anyway, it led to a conversation amongst our friends about how would you rather die? So, drowning by well, fire. I, think, I mean, no, I think I think things have been too happy-go-lucky in the world recently, so I'm glad. I've been too positive to this point. Yeah, I'm glad we're touching on this finally. Yes, Jesus. Right? Just ask a question. Okay, so <sighs> drowning by fire or, like, falling from an extreme height. Oh, falling, for sure. Gotta go falling there. Mm, you, first of all, crazy adrenaline rush. Second of all, not gonna feel it. Dead right. on impact. Out like Burn, a light, baby. Burning is like the worst possible. So yeah, burning, burning's got to be last because that's always talked about as the most painful way. Like it's just I, agony for a long time before everything shuts down. Agreed. That's by um, far the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know what drowning is supposed to feel like. I don't know if it's like you just fall asleep I mean, or. I've heard, a, I've, heard, I've heard various reports. I've heard yeah. it, it also like your lungs explode. So right. like it's it's hard to say if that would be like a great, like overall last kind of memory. Sure, but I don't know if you're I conscious mean, when that happens or not. I have no idea. So. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like oh, I'm just hanging out. I'm like I don't, I have no idea. Um, I think shark attack would be a good way to go if you're. Well, oh. No, along the same. It's along no. the same lines as falling. In I don't that think so. Crazy adrenaline rush, though. What an experience oh, that last true. experience on Earth would be. That's yeah, but true. it wouldn't be as as clean see, of a break. You know, probably not. But you would get to see like an apex predator performing like its god given task. It just there are eight hundred other ways to do that something, though. Helping you out. What? Well, I won't. You drop I, down I would into a cage and, and throw a chum bucket out. Like, I mean, I would rather not. I, oh, oh, see an apex predator. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. There's yeah. no other way to experience an apex predator apexing you though. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean, have I don't have get apexed on my bucket list. Unless you're Joe Exotic. I also like that you used apex as an adjective and a verb and the same sentence. Same thing. Apexing five you. Words. Get apex. Get That's going to be the tagline of this podcast. Get yeah. apex. Get the shirts. Um, so anyways, I think I, no, not knowing anything about drowning, I think I probably lean falling, but I also like those seconds when you're falling have got to suck. Like knowing be a crazy adrenaline rush, that would be awesome. Yeah. But you're not yeah, going you know so, okay, like, to get an adrenaline rush by drowning. You're just going to be like, God, no, I'm done. I'm, you don't I'm, think so? You don't think there's like this moment of panic that then is just followed by this like kind of like surrender? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, well, I think I feel like I have a feeling the only people who know can't tell us. So, <laughs> true. I would imagine that drowning and burning would be the ones where you feel like you have the best chance of escaping too. Where it's like, if I just swim a little harder, I could get out. Like, there's still hope, and I'm still like, you know, fighting a losing battle. But if I'm falling, like I, I got nothing. So I think that would make it much easier to just kind of come to terms with. Um, it was a really so, long. Fall. So have y'all have any of y'all three been skydiving? No, you have no. Okay, pain. Yeah, so I have. It is the adrenaline rush is incredible. It's awesome, but I think, like, I think I would prefer that type of fall, like a long, like no doubter over just kind of like a. <laughs> Over one that's like, eh, we're borderline of if you're just going to be really jacked up skeletal right. structure wise, uh, or it's like going to be like story fall, like tripping off yeah. of a roof. Would be, yeah. I, I agree like, with oh, that. If I'm going to, if I'm going to fall. If I, if I survive this, I'm definitely going to be like smashed clavicle, like shattered yeah. pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one we didn't mention that I'm could no also be possible in that documentary is like, what if you like freeze to death? Ooh. Do you think that would be as painful as? That has to be as painful as burning to death. I, no, I think. I mean, I've heard people like freezing to death is literally you just like fall asleep. That's oh, what I think. Okay, that's hot. And I, I think right? like, at, at a it just because it, it slows down it, it slows down your vitals so much that it's just like you're just going unconscious. Oh, that like, makes that's sense. the whole idea. Yeah, I think okay. at a certain point, like frostbite, hypothermia, you start to feel hot almost. Yeah. Because it's, it's called accounts... it's it's called like yeah something hysterical hypothermia or something like that and you start yeah. like shedding clothes and stuff like that so i would i would imagine at that point it becomes less uncomfortable yeah you just have all, no idea I mean, what's this happening. is all relative of course but <laughs> relative to burning or drowning yeah it's probably less uncomfortable yeah i feel like there needs to be a disclaimer here um no one is currently contemplating like wanting yeah. to die just probably yeah. should have said that from the outset but yeah oh, probably. but anyway we um, said it that's important anyway watch the documentary and uh you're oh, welcome it's, it's great yeah okay moving on Sorry, i heard that noise it's raining it is raining we hear the pitter patter on the skylight oh that's adorable all right, uh, let's move into some fun topics here. R.I.P. Sports. Stanford is dropping 11 varsity sports after 2021 season ends. Um, sucks. They have a ton of varsity sports also. Uh, they had the yeah, I mean, right? so. I'm not going to say. I'm curious, Jason, and before I, before I let you go here, I'm yep. curious. <laughs> it's good. Get it all in now because I'm just going to go. <laughs> well, do you think some of these sports were potentially on the chopping block already? 
based on the current climate slash current yeah. just college sports yeah. being strange anyway. And or so this is a convenient time to maybe cut some ties and maybe throw a couple extras in that were marginal. Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't there's no delicate way to say that. But like, I, I, I'm curious if this was a taking advantage of the situation to make it seem less cruel. I remember when JMU cut a couple sports, I think when we were in high school yep. uh, or maybe just at the beginning of college, like I, I think I, I knew a guy that ran track at JMU and then cut track and it was like, how could they do men's, that? But no, they cut, they cut men, men's men. track and field and cross country. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, go ahead. I mean, do you have any Yeah. Thoughts? So, I mean, if you, if you read, first of all, uh, it was not a small thing. Like uh, if you're, if you're acquainted with college sports at all, you know that Stanford is probably for for years has been the model of an entire athletics department succeeting because oh, they're good at almost everything. Thirty six straight years. Yeah, so the, the 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 director's cup, which is, is a measure of like success across every sport and across an entire athletics department, they've won it for twenty five straight years, which is okay. it, it was it's to the point that like nobody else was like even trying to win it because it was like. Stanford's going to win it. We're just trying to finish as high as possible. Um, and the 11 sports they cut were they had won 20 national championships across those 11 sports, um, which is not nothing. Uh, now, that's crazy. It is. That's true. Yeah. Um, infinitely more, some might say. Oh, I would. Um, <laughs> I, know I, you. I would argue that it's only 20 more. <laughs> um, so. And it, it's worth saying that that six of the cuts, and I forget which ones, but it was it was a couple of the the more obscure ones. Six of the sports were not NCAA sponsored sports, yeah. which means there's not an NCAA sanctioned championship. Uh, I forget the exact numbers for having to have one of those, but they didn't meet I those mean, criteria. It was like it was like men's like, row, rowing competes for a national championship, but it's not an NCAA national championship. I'm the sure same way all the squash, others are. Squash has to be the same way. Squash is up there, I think. Um, a couple of them, and and all all eleven were. You don't want to say obscure because like all these sports matter, and and I hate it for the student athletes and the coaches and the staff and all that stuff. Um, but uh, the two most prominent were wrestling and field hockey, and even those are fairly obscure by NCAA standards. Only, yeah. if my if I remember right, only seventy eight schools sponsored wrestling last year, and seventy nine sponsored field hockey. Um. And that's to say nothing of the fact that one of the, and Stanford said it in their release, only two schools on the West Coast sponsor field hockey. I, I, oh, really? I'm not sure on the other one, but that makes doing that sport so hard. Yeah. Because um, you have to travel yeah, to, like, you have to fill your, you have to fill a 20 game season with 18 can't games against other like people. UCLA 10 times or whoever the other West Coast. Right, exactly. You can't, you got to, like, you got to, like, clear a time zone every other game. And that's, that's no way to succeed at a sport. And so, yeah. Just ask West Virginia in the Big 12. Yeah, there you go. Um, or, yeah, we can get into that later. Or any school in the Conference USA. Anyways. Um, but, so it's it's not nothing. Um, at the same time, they say, I, I, I think there's truth to what you were saying, Logan. They said in the release that the Stanford Athletics Department before COVID was on pace to run a $12 million deficit this year. Uh, which is not yeah. small, especially at the Power Five level. Most people, most people at Power Five, can at least flirt with cutting, breaking even. Which except is crazy. Some, I mean, except from so- terribly run schools like Wake Forest or Vanderbilt or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but. as successful as Stanford is across the board in sports, like 
I mean, they're also, uh, I mean, it's basically an Ivy League school too, right? So, like, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of have a bit of a different approach when it comes to school and, and right. what's, you know, successful at Stanford and stuff like that. But, you know, we joked about it. We joked about it on the podcast, but no one goes to Stanford football games either. No. And, like, they're, even when they're good. Yeah, even when they're, I mean, and they, in the past decade, have been top five good. You know, they've yeah. been really good. So, it's and curious. that's and so that's that's the problem is that most of your most of your revenue at the power five level is a TV deal or multiple TV deals for different tiers of rights. It's fundraising and it's ticket sales at football and basketball, yeah. and they they don't have ticket sales unfortunately because um, Stanford churns out people who are fans of other parts of Stanford deservedly so, um, and they don't have huge amounts of sponsorship because. They're in Palo Alto, and right. none of the none of the companies around there are going to advertise at Stanford Athletics, like they have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, and so that's two huge revenue streams that are that are getting kneecapped. And they, I they may, with the exception of Harvard, who I think also just cut sports. Stanford had, I, I believe, Stanford did have the most sports sponsored in in the Power Five. Um, they had like yeah. thirty six sports. It was insane. Um, so it. it, it it's one of those things that I COVID put the nail in the coffin, but yeah. the model and they said it they said as much in the release, the model they were running wasn't sustainable. Right. Um, you can you can run that, but you have to accept that you're not going to be successful in almost anything. Cause I mean they had like even Jamie, one of the reasons Jamie cut some of its sports was that it wanted to fully fund all of the sports it did have, which means right. full full allotments of scholarships, the maximum allowed by the NCAA fully paid coaching staffs and that sort of thing. And so JMU has had all that for, for 10 to 12 years, and you can see we're reaping the benefits of it now. Right. Stanford didn't have that. Some of Stanford's sports didn't have the full allotment of scholarships, um, didn't have fully paid coaching staffs, that sort of thing, which is it, – it's it's barely sustainable anywhere in, in Division One, and it's definitely not sustainable in the Pac-12, in Power 5, and that sort of thing, yeah. if you want to be a model for, for something like that. So – it sucks, and it 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 won't be the last. There's a whole lot more coming, I guarantee it, um, for both legitimate and illegitimate – not illegitimate – legitimate and mildly sketchy reasons. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it also deserves to be said that, like, some of it is a cultural thing that's specific to Stanford as a university. Like, they, they probably don't churn out the type of alumni either who are like right. – yeah, I'll I'll funnel my I'm gonna donate money. back to this athletic performance yeah. center. Or and, yeah. I or like let's just skim off some of the endowment to like keep this stuff right. going. Stanford has more money than several nations right. in this yep. world. Yeah, um, endowment is ridiculous, but it, And so that that's a whole other thing is it it all gets into to accounting columns and how you divvy yeah. up the money because yeah. it's it's all one pot and it's just which column you put it in. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it. This gets. I mean, we could trip and fall down a rabbit hole that could take us most of the summer to talk about. But yeah, yeah it's it's it gets fuzzy in a hurry. So is is Stanford a private or public university? It's. Private. I thought it was private. Yeah, my um, guess was private. Yeah, it is. It is private. Okay. Most of the public schools in California are like part of the California. Yeah, it's all UC whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a bummer, like you said, for the students involved. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested in just from the 
well, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see like moving forward how much this year basically off, you know, which is looking more and more like it might just be a year off from sports, like a calendar year off from sports, yeah. which is which could be crazy. Um, sort of affects maybe the model that we have for college sports period um, going yep. forward. And I think Jason, like that obviously hits close home for you as far as like your job and what you're involved <laughs> in. But it'll be it'll definitely just I, I'm I'm just intrigued to see. Does yeah, some, I mean, I come of this in maybe fairness of athlete treatment, or you know, what are these sure. things that we kind of talk about? But also at the same time, do we lose? Is like no one's gonna play field hockey anymore. Just field hockey is yeah. not important. We don't play field hockey, and therefore that's. I mean, t- tennis is getting just absolutely massacred right now. Like tennis and wrestling are the two big, are the two like, I believe we're up to something around seventy sports have gotten cut at various yeah. Division One institutions. Um, and that'll break into three digits pretty easily, I think, when all yeah. is said and done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll caveat all this with, yeah, it's not super fun for me to talk about because it's my career and I really would like to continue yeah, getting paid. But, but it, it's, I, I, it's, it's fascinating because, I mean, the problem is that college sports, uh, very deliberately, has run razor thin margins for 15, 20 years because they've been raking in. We, I guess I can say we've been raking in just safe loads of money from, from TV and and mass sponsorship and that sort of thing. And, and to be fair, this is only really, you know, 50 schools. Um, The rest, the rest of us are just trying to to keep afloat most years. Um, But you rake in all this money and you have to prove that you're a nonprofit. Basically you have to prove that like, cause I mean the, the biggest argument for people not paying players is like, well, we don't have the money to do it, but to do that, you have to spend your budget yeah. every year. Yeah. And you do that in various ways. You, you hire more staff and you give raises to senior staff and you, you know, add three football, you know, video analysts and, like that and yep and you put you i mean in the in slides in the locker right exactly room you you, reno- yeah. you renovate your stuff that doesn't need renovating you i mean uh florida and and many others but i mean the the biggest donor to the university of florida is the university of florida's university athletic administration they, they donate they, like yeah and they just fund the whole basically the whole athletic department is funded right from that right well so but florida is different in that the the uaa the university athletic Admin- association is kind of only a it's not really under the university of florida it's just this outside thing and um they turn enough of a profit every year that they they literally donate like two and a half million dollars to just the university of florida every year and that's a way to clear their books and they can say yeah. we didn't we didn't we only profited this yeah. million and a half, and half and that's million later on to pay for well, right. players because we donated yeah. it because it's gone it's off the books I don't want to get like too into like too much of like a policy discussion here or anything, but it just seems pretty clear to me that we're getting to a point where we have college football and maybe not even as much anymore, but to a lesser degree, men's basketball. And then you have every other sport, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, that's, that's that's, that's, that's how it's been for a while from that's how it is behind closed doors. Right. So it's kind of like, is, does, this whole situation caused that model to where we're ramming college football and men's basketball into the right. same model of all these other sports that really it's on, it's in some ways unfair to college football and men's basketball 
to essentially make them shoulder yeah. the entire load for justifying the existence of all these other sports. And then, you know, also then calls into question the, uh, like, why do we even do sports at colleges, right? Like, I mean, if, if these sure. sports could exist, you know, elsewhere and people still are passionate about field hockey, you know, there's, we're not the only country on earth that plays field hockey, right? There's right. other, other places that do it. Anyhow, we're kind of, I mean, we're getting, we're getting down like a no, bit that, of a, That's what I'm saying is that this is like seven different rabbit holes we could fall down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm wondering. But yeah, if, I mean, I, I think the, the optimistic point of view is that, is that, the, I mean, we've been running razor thin margins for 10 years and, we're kind of getting our comeuppance now and we only have ourselves to blame. Um, and, but the, the optimistic view is that maybe this is a catalyst for mass change and yeah. conference and realignment of and yeah, conference realignment and a rethinking of, of how we treat quote unquote amateur sports and, and everything. And, and yeah, it's unfortunate. I tell, I was talking to somebody today and I was like, you know, the, the NCAA cares about men's basketball. They don't care about football that much. The schools care about football, yeah, and and that's it. Like if the, the NCAA has been very open and said if the tournament gets canceled this year, that's the end of the NCAA. Like it's over. Um, it, it cannot sustain. It cannot lose out on five on six hundred million dollars again. It can't do it. Yeah, because y'all and, didn't buy insurance because y'all are some dumb boys. Well, they they had an insurance pool and then they spent it and nobody knows where the money went. So. Oh. that's literally, I mean, that's literally what happened. They had a, they had a pool of like, I think it was, it was close to half a billion dollars of like, of basically if something goes terribly wrong, we have this money and it was there in 2016 and it was not there this spring. And well, nobody knows no, what happened. I'm saying like purchasing actual pandemic or certain. Oh yeah. I mean, literally. Certain, Cause like Wimbledon famously like has had, a policy yeah. on the books for 20 or so years. No, I mean, they I, were happy I mean, this, to cancel this year because yeah, it was fine. rather than go through a logistical nightmare, they just got a payout and yep. it was fine. And I, I can't emphasize enough. This could have all been avoided at about 15 different points in history. And yep. the wrong decision was made at all of those points. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to, anybody in college sports that tells you they know what's going to happen in the next <laughs> seven days much less six months yeah. has no idea what they're talking about so but i admire their confidence yeah i i don't know yeah. all right we'll stop beating this up but real quick uh just some other news uh from college athletics uh ohio state university has paused uh voluntary workouts for seven of their programs after an undisclosed number of positive covid19 cases north carolina same thing. Well, actually, I don't know if they paused anything, but they apparently have reported 37 positive cases. I believe they paused. Recent count. The Ivy League has announced that, they, you know, we're, that's where all the smart people go to school and, and uh, allegedly exist. Um, they've announced they're not going to play any sports for the remainder of the calendar year, uh, period. So that's weird. I don't know what that means for Ivy League football. Uh, they kind of exist in like a weird offshoot of one double or sorry fcs anyway no say it with your chest one double a (laughs) but they you know so they don't really participate in a tournament or anything anyway right correct they don't play in the playoffs so um i don't know if they'll have uh maybe a a, try to do a spring season or something i don't know if it's worth it uh big 10 has announced that this is this is a big one that they're only the b1g is only going to be playing conference games in football this year and I, i see the acc is expected to follow suit so um yeah, it's gonna be a weird year, and uh, yeah, like you said, Jason, there's been a, a bunch of Division One varsity programs dropped. Uh, 
during all this. So, yeah, I mean, selfishly, obviously, I hope there's football to watch and to break down and to analyze and to take my mind off of things so I can talk big noise about uh, Dan Mullen and them boys. But, uh, you know, there's obviously more important things like human health and uh, society and stuff at stake here than it is in, in football. But, uh, yeah, we could, we, could, we could be in for a lot of changes here if um, if we if we don't have football for a we full year and yeah. all these schools have to figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, while while we're on the sports train, do we want to talk about our, our coach quotes? Did we all brainstorm? Oh, God. Coach quotes. The, uh, yeah, from, from Landon's Instagram. Oh, God. It's not um, so much coach quotes as just uh, coach, coach hilarious attitude. things that have happened. Yeah. Uh, so well. so a little context for the listeners. Uh, friend of the program, Landon Turner. Pride of Pride of Harrisonburg, former Blue Streak, former NFLer, uh, shared shared an Instagram kind of story session of like you know share the funniest thing one of your previous coaches has said to you, and then reacted to them accordingly with graphics and the like, <laughs> and there were some gems in there. Um, so Logan, Jason, and I kind of messaged about this a little bit back and forth given given some of the characters we've played under um yes. in in our in our youth days um any of you have any that readily come to mind because i've i've got two i do remember being really into when uh Coach Kevin Tysinger used to yell, "When is somebody going to take a charge?" Like as if that was like a <laughs> yes. that was like a strategy. That, like, you weren't even on the team; you just watched the rest of us get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't that I. I mean, geez, Jason, I ran. I did the books for the team. You did. That's true. Yeah, he was, was the bag I, man. I was, I was closer to him than you were, probably. Listen, that's, that's you right probably up. heard it better than I did at the end of the bench. Yeah, that's absolutely that, true. I remember that being so funny like this this can't be like uh like i understand the sentiment here it was um, like half our defensive game plan was <laughs> it like we, we were just being run over by carl mcintyre and <laughs> strange um I, yeah i mean i heard all the coach bocock ones he was the freshman football coach when i was on the freshman football team yeah. and uh so i definitely got the like don't piss on my boots and tell me it's raining he yeah, is that was a famous one. big one for him um he just yeah. liked. He liked. Yeah, yeah. Liked adding to any adjective, like yeah. good, fast. Like it was just every everything he could. Yeah. I remember. So I mean, I, I ran through. I had, wow, in four years, I had four. I think I had. I had four soccer coaches. So we did like. <laughs> I went like Chris Beck. Uh, um, it was Colin Colin Wilson's brother. God, what was his name? Oh, male. Brother, anyhow, Chris, coach, Chris Wilson, yeah, Coach Chris, Wilson, oh, Mr. Coach, had Ted, but none of them were like guys that were really. I mean, I'm sure Chris Beck said some wild things, but I, I can't, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jay, I, I think Jordan, you can vouch for this too. Jay Hook, uh, loved uh, the music of Pink, yeah, he did. It, like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a uh, like, he ever one, said, but yeah, like I, anytime. I had, I had 
Anytime we would go work on the field or like set up for BP, he would go put the pink CD in. If he was working on the field, he chose. If we we had a bad, if we had a bad rainstorm, we had to like rake everything out and that sort of thing. We'd roll up to the field and he would already be like three songs deep into pink. Yeah, just sweating through the coaching shack. It was, it was something else. It's amazing. Yeah, my my two were like so I and these weren't like isms that he would say repetitively it was just two moments of of mike bocockness um and like i i never played a full season under him but my freshman year um was his last year as yeah. as head of the blue streaks and there was bounced a, up to varsity a couple times right yeah there was a saturday yeah. doubleheader at handley that i got called up to varsity yeah. to play for so we 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 played we always played handley double headers at their place because they didn't have lights at their and i think Derek was like Derek was hurt at this point in the season so ben sarver was catching and they didn't want to catch ben two games so they brought me up to catch the second game and i played so bad they put ben in like midway through the second game he just had enough um but then at the end of the year, I got called up for like the district tournament, which was a huge deal. Yeah. It was like, all right, yeah. you're, we're going to bring up, you know. It's like we were fill, filling out the rosters for the yeah, playoffs. So like, yeah. yeah, I got named to the playoff roster for, for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the eight or the eight or the 12 seed. Whatever I was going to we say were. we were like the seventh seed out of a nine team Valley District. Or... Yeah. So we were playing the, the number one seed future would go on to win the state championship turner ashby knights in the first round can, yep. um and the, the evening before um we like we go through practice we're taking bp <laughs> and like bocock gets us all all come down to a knee and he's gonna like he's gonna fire us off before he sends us home <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't remember this speech but now yes <laughs> so so he gets into just about like how sure TA is that they're going to wipe the floor with us tomorrow I played night. for him. I played for him. Yeah. I know what they're thinking. And, and at one point, at one point he says, he says, they know they're going to beat you tomorrow. They know it in their hearts. And he's pounding his head, pointing at his head. He says, he says they know it in their hearts. And like, I looked over at Brett Goodlow and Brett looked at Kevin and I, Kevin Chandler and I, and we were just like, what is he talking about? Like, and so, yeah, we, we get to the game the, the following evening and uh, TA has got like three guys who are either going to get drafted or play major D one ball. Um, yep. And before the game, like Bocock takes us down, whatever baseline we were in. And he's like, all right, guys, time to say Lord's prayer. So, so we, we, I forget who it was, reads us through the Lord's prayer. And a split second after amen, Bocock puts, slams his hat back on and says, all right, go. And I was just like, what? What is, what is varsity baseball that this is that's like? What, that's exactly what it was. The first Every words day. after amen were, all right, go. That is hilarious. He gave us the same, a, a similar speech before the TA football game uh that we played in freshman football mind you this was a freshman football team that consisted of most of a team that went to play in a state championship game and we were really good yeah. and we had this big overproduced situation 
in which we warmed up at HHS and then all got on the bus and drove to TA for some reason and then just got off the bus like four minutes before kickoff already allegedly warm. And I mean, I wasn't playing a whole lot, so I mean, it was like fine. But I was just like, I was kind of taking it all in. Like, man, this is... What is this world? Kids are really buying into this, huh? So, like, you know, and he was like, "We're going live for five plays straight off the bus," and we would do get off the bus and like just line up, and it's all right. Give him forty-four lead, Tony. Like, you know, run it right out. I was like, okay. So uh, we we did win the game though, probably because of the warming up at HHS. They had to like turn the lights on for us. This is at the old HHS too, actually. These are yeah. This is. This is now the Jamie softball field. Right. <laughs> but uh, great times, yeah. And um, I was, oh, there was one more. There was one more Bocock thing. Oh, we had <laughs> we had a team meal at uh, Traditions oh, Family boy. Restaurant. You might oh, remember. God, we ate there so much. Yes, I think uh, it was a, a favorite haunt of Coach B. And uh, he, I saw the man crack open like half of a fried chicken and just empty. <laughs> Like probably a third of a bottle of ketchup just inside Ooh. the cavity <laughs> of the cracked open chicken, and that was Ew. how that was how he ate the fried chicken. I was again, you know, I was <laughs> I was observing a lot. I didn't really have a whole lot going on. Third string quarterback, <laughs> undefeated freshman football team here from high school MGD. Um, but yeah, good times. Dude, ketchup is like we went nice. to we went to Golden Corral multiple times on ba- baseball trips. For, for pregame meal against like on the way to Spotswood and stuff like that. And it just, yeah, it's right over 33. I just, yeah, I just pull off the road and gorge ourselves on the worst thing in the world. Beautiful thing about baseball. Pre-game meal. Hit the, hit the chocolate fondue. So classic. Yeah. You probably got it. You probably were so stoked you guys were coming in there at like four in the afternoon. Yeah. Hammering. Hammering. No, I, it was. I do remember. I, I now I couldn't remember. There was like epic Bocock speeches, but they were all before TA games, because I was always super annoyed because we played TA five times my junior and senior year, and I pitched every game. It was terrible. Oh yeah. And I was always so sick of Bocock speeches. Josh Tyler hit a home run into the middle of Garbage Church right off of you, or was that? Was no, that, that was off Kevin Chandler. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> I was standing. I was playing first base at the time, and he hit it, and I did not move. It's like, well, I know uh, that sound. He, he hit it so hard. Now right. I will say, Daniel Bowman hit a home run to me off me to dead center that would not have cleared a two story house. It just it was, was clearing the fence. And he hadn't put his head down yet. It went so fast. Love it. All right, let's uh, let's let's uh, round in here. We'll bring Coach E back into the conversation unless you had any. Oh yeah, she's still here. That's right. Did you have any? Um, Drama teachers like uh, gathering oh, you okay, around right, and, and you. whipping you guys Appreciate into a frenzy it. before Bye Bye Birdie or anything like well, that that you well, need to tell us about. You or... know what? Emily, you were in you... musicals? Yes, you didn't know this? Maybe I had no say. idea. Oh, yes, yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll detour that and ask, has anybody slash everybody seen Hamilton yet? Oh, seen I haven't that. I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh, man. You guys need to watch it. So good. No, it's supposed to be a rainy weekend. I heard it's like... Which means I'll be watching it by myself while Logan naps. I heard, it's, um, I heard it's really long. It's two hours and 40 minutes. It's not a joke. Yeah. But so, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's it's, it's so hour. good. Sounds about an hour and 40 minutes too long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I want to be clear. When I asked that question, I was very aware that I was asking it to specifically one person. Yeah. I was yeah. Up my ability to say that I thought it was too long. For the record, so. Yeah, yeah. I watch things alone. 
it's a it's a wonderful wonderful musical um very well written it's got like six or seven genuine bangers in it it's great i i remember i remain kind of uh you know a little a little cynical i don't know if cynical is the right word but i I think it is i think it probably is (laughs) i I, i'm not buying into the hype is what i'm trying to say yeah Yeah, that's cynical i've seen some cuts and looks a little dancey like uh, yeah, it's a Broadway musical. I, I don't want to disparage at all people who enjoy that type of production yep. or yes. like, you know, that whole genre. That's their thing. That's awesome. Just not ha- hasn't really been my thing traditionally. So have you ever yes. actually experienced like I'm not talking about like going to the local high schools like musical production. Um I saw Godspell three times. Have you <laughs> like have you actually Godspell. gone and like seen Yeah we did like a musical production at like a professional i haven't i haven't done like a broadway or anything we did maybe a field trip or two to blackfriars and and did that but that's probably a different vein so because like i can totally get if your only experience with like musicals is like musical movies or like again musicals but it's like I think if you ever get to experience Broadway or just like, again, like a, a larger professional theater in like a big city, it like it's just totally different. And I think I think you would actually enjoy it more versus I could see for like both you and Logan, how sitting down and watching Hamilton on Disney Plus would just be like miserable. But I, I think agree with it, you both would have a different experience in real time. Oh, I certainly. Like. But most things yeah. are... I mean, like going and seeing live music, like I can get into watching country music if it's like live music and then yeah. the setting is baseball right. is like that. Yeah, baseball. Is um, like- no, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a like there are Hamilton super fans out there. They're like, it is the greatest piece of art ever produced. And it's like, nah, man, like you have to kind of be open minded to musicals and some people aren't. And that's totally fine. It's not for everybody. But yeah, and I, I, I think like, if you I give would, it, a t- I think I would consider myself open minded, just not like necessarily motivated. Like, that's my first choice or that's my preference. That's fair. Yeah. I would encourage you both to give it a chance. And if it's not up your alley, it's not up your alley. But I, I do think that like the, the people in Hamilton, like the talent that they have is such a cut above yeah. what most people have that it's, it's, you're it, telling me Stan Swartz yeah. couldn't do what Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> well, we didn't. We, we didn't want to talk about Stan Schwartz. That's a whole other category. Yeah, That's, don't you don't you speak the, ill of Stan Schwartz? The king stands alone, and we all know it. Jordan and I are veterans of the musical theater game, having developed in. Oh, we in, grew up on Lamb of God. Yeah. Many iterations of El oh, Cordero de Dios and uh, Lamb of God. Yeah. Um, Jordan C. Anyways. Some Emily, make him give it a shot. We'll see what happens. I don't okay. think he'll like it. I'm not worried about it. I think you'll like it. You know what? I think it might actually be better for me, Jason, if I get to watch it by myself. I, I might don't blame you. Enjoy myself That's more versus what Logan does when he, you, you know he's not enjoying something when he just starts like asking a lot of questions uh, and having a lot of sidebar conversations. Uh, and then you're uh, just like, you know, I just really want to watch this. Speaking so then I, directly to my heart. I do the thing that my dad used to do that I used to hate, and now I do it, which is I pause the movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you done? Know? Are you done asking questions? Can we keep going now? Yeah, no, 100%. I've become that person. I but really- Emily, it's good that you recognize like that's where it came from, and it used to drive you nuts, and you're not yeah. blind to that. I also recognize it's passive aggressive and not the healthiest form of communication, but you know what? But it, it gets the job done. It gets the job done, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Jason. But yeah, I these are you. the 
since it's all very well and good that Logan and I did not meet each other in high school. Um, so that would have been fascinating. I I had friends from all walks of life, Emily. So did I. I think we've talked about this before. We, we were very well known. We could have just been. Maybe we just been bros. I think. I, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like an insufferable theater kid. Like, and I wasn't an insufferable whatever I was. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say. Let's, let's just call it what? It, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> there's there's one word I could use to probably describe the whole Logan White House 2003 to 2007 experience. Insufferable is probably up there on the list. That's okay. It worked for me. It was. It was apexing others. Yeah. In this next phase of my life, I'm striving to enjoy things more. I like to think that that's going pretty well. So, so maybe we will give Hamilton a chance. We'll see. Yeah. Who's All to right. say? We never got to finish our takes on the Jordan documentary, um, which, boy, seems like three and a half years ago at this point. Yeah. But, uh, Matt, guys, remember Tiger King? Wow. That was, was, that was this pandemic. 2017 was great. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on the Jordan doc? I mean, it was a, a great blast of nostalgia. I think we pretty much were spot on and guessing that it wasn't going to be like too rock the boaty. Um, I have a take. Emily has a take. Yeah. Well, Ooh, I, I it as a question first. So there, I can't remember which episode it was that he cried when he was basically asked how he felt about given his success, but like, Okay, you're a successful athlete, but you don't have a good reputation as being a good person. But you don't and, have friends. <laughs> yeah, and his he like cried, and Logan and I had a very long debate about that. That and was so, this was when he was like uh, break time or whatever, and it went to commercial and, break, and that yeah. was the end of the episode. Yeah, he was like yeah. stop filming and like walked walked yeah. off. Yeah. So I wanted to get your takes on that and what you thought about that. Like, why why do you think that's the thing that made him cry? Why did he have the reaction? I mean, I think it's, it's, I think it was probably one of the, like, it's probably one of those things, like, I mean, Jordan's not stupid. He knows he's not the most popular, like, personable person. Um, but I think it's different knowing that and having that question directly asked of you. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, we're doing a documentary on your legacy centered around this one season. Um, how does it feel that your legacy is uh, up until recently without question the best player to ever play the game but also nobody likes you like to get that question especially when you're like i mean i'm guessing that wasn't the first question so he's probably done a lot of this interview he's had a long day i'm guessing it just kind of hit like it, it's another thing to confront that right in front of your face um and I thought he was more going. I thought that he started crying more when he was almost like expressing that, like no one wanted to win as bad as he did. And like, it, he was just like so overcome with emotion in that moment, talking about that, that that's when he started crying. And to me, I got to remember. Maybe true. I don't, I have a fuzzy memory of this, but that might be possible. Um, was that not right? Emily? I, I thought he, I thought he did it when he was saying like, I hope they remember me as somebody uh, who, et cetera, et cetera. It was, like, but I could be, I could be wrong. Proceeded break. I remember were if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then he was overcome and had to take yeah. take so a time out. Like, almost like doubling down on this. Like the only thing I can get emotional, emotional and vulnerable about is 
this I am the ultimate champion. Like thing. why why can't anybody compete like I can and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. I, That's fair. Like I I I had a lot of feelings about that kind of snippet because I remember that it was like a two minute clip. Yeah. Made made the social media rounds all week yeah. pretty much. And like a lot of people were on the side of this is the most incredible two minutes of thirty for thirty ever. Oh my goodness, yeah. this is rarefied air, blah blah blah. And I was just kinda like, Man, yeah. I don't know. Like this is a guy who is so one dimensional mm. in this area of his personality that this is what drives him to emotional expression. Yes. Like, yeah. And I, yes. I read it as kind of like the, the question of, do you regret the approach that you took that rubbed your teammates the wrong way and didn't really, you know, open yourself up to maybe friendships with those teammates. Like, I think if he was a thousand percent honest he would he would say like yeah it bums me out that i don't like that i'm not friends with more of my teammates but he's built this image and this yeah. legacy of like i'm the alpha dog i pull everybody with me and i win and that's me and i'm the best so there that he can't even like be that honest um to the public which like that's that's part of the price you pay i guess but um and and to be fair like i wasn't expecting him to get that open to where he would say you know like oh yeah here's here's how my relationships with my teammates are um so i wasn't disappointed that we didn't get that but um i was not as sold on how great of a clip that was as some other people were that's what i would say and like I mean, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where I can see it from that perspective, too, of, like, if – I like how you phrase it, Jordan, if he's this one-dimensional person and winning in the sport is the only thing that matters to him, then it would kind of go back to what you said about, like, that's why he's getting choked up. But what I told Logan is, like, there's a part of me that can't help but wonder if, like, for him, that idea of, of winning and achieving and um, – I'm trying to think how to put it like was his way for so long of getting like validation and being seen and being recognized that me, I don't know, I guess maybe it's the, the, per, the counselor in me that wants to have hope that everyone can change <laughs> that. Like there's a small part that wonders if maybe in that moment he was confronted with his own shame of not being a better person. And that, that wow. point, when, when uh, that thing that you, I guess, like know to be true about yourself, but that also triggers so much shame and guilt is like really brought to your attention. It's just like, yeah, I am kind of a person. And like, I don't know. I think there's a part of me that would hope that maybe there is something in that moment that hit him, kind of like Jason was saying, of shock and being confronted with the shame of like, I could have used my platform a lot differently and I could have still maybe achieved and won right. things, but went about it in a different way. So that's like the part of me that maybe hopes that that what was, that's what was happening. Um, but who's to say, I mean, I think, I think he is trying to do things a little differently from what we've seen currently with how he's trying to respond to the black lives matter movement versus 
how yeah. he went about things like during his active career. So yeah. who knows? Maybe it was a bit of a, a sure. And, th- and those are yeah, those are all good things. I think my bent, or at least like, I don't want to come off as like Mr. LeBron stand guy, but I push back on the conversation that everybody limps in with, with like, oh, I mean, I watched this documentary, and I mean, like anybody that could say that anyone is as good as Jordan, like just needs to watch this. And like that, is, oh, that, that answers all the questions. And it's like, dude, it's just a hundred percent mythology with the guy at this point. Like they, I mean, and, and that's okay. And that, that's kind of the thing. Like sports are so tied with culture and mythology and everything else. Like that's, that, that's an all right thing, but people are just don't want to, don't want to, I guess, um, acknowledge that. And therefore like, so I just, in this moment, I, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because I was like, oh, here we go. Like, he's just kind of like feeding feeding into this mm. like image that he sort so of built up for himself. You. Yes. That's like he's just doing this to, to play to. It's like, yeah, but I mean, it's the only time he really showed emotion in, in the whole thing. And, you know, there, there were some like notable omissions in that um, in that documentary. Right. I mean, we, we saw nothing mm. of his family. We mm-hmm. only saw the thing about his dad. As I mean, he he showed emotion after that championship. I shouldn't I shouldn't say that's the only time, but you know, it was the only current time we really saw him show any emotion while he was being interviewed. Um, so I don't know. It was uh, what it was, think- it was curious, and I think I was going into it expecting this to just be like a big old puff piece for Jordan, and, and it was for the most part. I thought it was really interesting. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. It was great. But it was it was um, you know, I didn't really find out anything that like exciting through the documentary and then this this being like played into a big deal to me was kind of overblown. yeah and i think a little bit in his defense like he's got to be so frustrated to a degree that that side of him that trait kind of that personality of win at all costs that's what made him great during his career that's what earned him all that praise that's what set him apart from everybody and um that's what kind of his legacy was built on and for that to now be flipped on him is like well actually that that unique thing about you that was praised for so long actually it makes you an yeah that's got to be really frustrating to hear of like i i go if if he went years of where that was the you know one of his uh the, the things that set him apart and yeah. no nobody on his team could relate to it yeah. he had nobody who understood it and then he you know he's removed from those days and now that thing is being used to paint him in a poor light right you know justly or unjustly um that that's got to be really frustrating so yeah i i can understand yeah. getting uh, a little emotional about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's well said, Jordan. I think that's a good like middle ground between everything that we're saying. Yeah. Cause I think it's this whole idea of, I don't know. I think like people tend to become compulsive about the things that they're worried. If I'm not compulsive about this, then the worst part of me is going to be exposed. But then what they end up doing is kind of, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where I expose, I actually do end up exposing this part of myself that maybe I feel like guilt or confliction about. And so it's that whole 
I'm, I'm over obsessing over here about winning and being a competitor and being perfect at all costs. And I have this huge blind spot in terms of like my relationships, be it with my family or my teammates. And so, yeah, like you were saying, if, if he got so much just validation and praise for that part of his life, but now it's also being criticized. I, I mean, it. I think for me, it just made me, um, I guess I would say less think about like Jordan himself versus like our culture at large and how hard it must be to be a celebrity, whatever it is, like a, a major sports athlete or, you know, a huge Hollywood celebrity, oh, yeah. whatever it is. It's just like, I think our culture puts so much pressure on these people to be, um, I don't know, like perfect in mm -hmm. whatever it is and, and elevate them. So their falls are that much greater and oh, more impactful. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it's kind of awful because it's like, yeah, this guy was expected to be perfect and he had to live up to this perfection every day. And yet now it's like, oh yeah, but you were awesome. So we're good. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It, it, it but makes I, I would say at the, at the end of the day, though, sports like he still gets to be right because he's the ultimate winner. Right. right which I think also, again, which then sort of justifies. Problems. Yes, you're right. But then sort of justifies all of his baby negative traits that now we can kind of just talk about them as negative traits sort of more flippantly than maybe at the time we saw them as like hell bent on winning traits, right. but like still because sports is based on winning and losing because he's the winner, everything is justified. Yeah. And I, I guess that I, I like, you know, I, I would push back on that a little bit. Absolutely. But. I think it, it goes back to, again, that whole picture of, like, how we look at sports yeah. and athletes is, like, so black and white versus, like, okay, like, is it really about winning at all costs? Anyway, to go back full circle moment to something that Jason said earlier, which is, like, who knows, maybe 2020 and some of the things going on within the world and specifically within sports, maybe it's a catalyst for some change. Should be Hopefully. Good change, yeah. But I think that kind of leads into, like, it's kind of the same, like, thing that... I don't know if you guys watched the Lance Armstrong documentary. No. So, oh, In many ways, it, it was... Better? More interesting than the Jordan documentary. Just because, like... I could see that. It, he is fascinating. And he is a... Yeah. Like, he is very, but it kinda, like, very... Into it more he than is Jordan very did. unlikable. And he, I think he knows it. And he is very like candid in how he answers a lot of the questions. Like he is pulling no punches on trying to be likable. And I, I, it was almost like it was refreshing in a way, but at the same yeah. time, you're like, God, like we worshiped Lance Armstrong in this country for a while for years. He was a, he, I mean, he was a really good story. He remember he, I mean, he got cancer. He was and, an American hero. Like, yeah, yeah. But if it's like, we could not care less about cycling. And then all, and then as soon as you wrap it in the flag, it's like, Hell yeah, he's from Texas and he rides his bike. Like, you know, he's an American and he overcame cancer and this is great. But it's kind of, um, I mean, someone, multiple people have like sort of said some version of this question, but it was, it was like a case study in the, like, is Lance Armstrong a good person who did a bad thing or is he a bad person that did a good thing? And it's like, wow, that's really interesting because like, there's no doubt that the whole Livestrong organization and everything has been very impactful for cancer the publicity basically of of cancer in our society right like i mean someone in the documentary said in many ways like he made it cool and not cool but acceptable yeah. to like tell people you have cancer mm -hmm. for you know especially for men yeah. um you know 
testicular cancer and stuff like that for a long time he you know that was something that you wouldn't really talk about it would be private he and destigmatized maybe, a lot of it maybe a sense of shame but then at the same time it, it was uh yeah it was we watched it and I, I was pretty fascinated by it i mean yeah it kind of leaves you it was a good documentary and that sort of leaves you thinking like huh i wonder what the rest i wonder what the rest of his days are going to be like you know but he um certainly fell from grace he certainly was using drugs the entire time that he was like actually good at cycling and also every single person was and yeah. that's that's the other thing that you kind of wrestle with in this is like he was just so brazen in his attempts to discredit everyone who was you say him. it wasn't that he it wasn't yeah. that he did the drugs yeah. it was that he like ruined people's lives yes. who said hey yeah. that guy's obviously doing drugs and that's that's what they're getting at on like is Lance yeah. Armstrong a good person like it can can you actually like confidently say that about him so right. anyhow i would recommend watching it. it was it was interesting it's worth the watch wasn't one of the journalists they interviewed her big thing was she was like oh like i don't think i can trust anything that comes out of his mouth anymore and you're just like yeah 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 you've had yeah and now i mean he's just like he's he's so willing to just answer questions and like give you what seems to be like straight shooting truths um yeah. but it's also like you wonder how packaged that whole sort of persona is um, but yeah, it was yeah. just interesting, like watching that on the tales of the Jordan documentary. Cause I think it just like continues that same conversation of just like, wow, like, okay. So when you look at athletics and people who are successful, it, it just kind of like, it makes you question like, oh, so is this kind of what's required if you want to be on the top is just to kind of lean into being a and like, <laughs> You know, I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. And again, is that is that really what's required, I guess, from a mental toughness standpoint in order to in, endure what these athletes do, um, yeah. both in terms of the sport itself, but also the publicity of the sport? Or is it just like it's something genetic about these people, their makeup that makes them more prone to be successful in the sport? Yeah. Like I don't know. It's fascinating. The answer is probably yes. Yeah, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of this. Yeah. The uh, the first, well, the next thirty for thirty I watched after the Jordan documentary was the the long summer where they they kind of revisited the Maguire Sosa home run chase. Oh, I didn't get to watch that. Um, that that was like it. I would recommend watching it. It fell. It kind of left me a little disappointed. Like the first 20 minutes or so was awesome. Cause I was living back like my elementary school days of like yeah. looking in the newspaper to see which guy mm -hmm. was hitting, which dinger. And like, uh, I mean, it was still a fun watch, but McGuire talked a lot. It, it turned into more just like a McGuire image rehabilitation <laughs> special. Than it did an actual like deep dive into this this summer of of juice, um, but they did talk about kind of like McGuire and all the media attention he received and like how taxing that was sure. on him and talk. That's about, not something you heard about. Yeah, how how it was similar to kind of like what Roger Maris went through when he broke Babe Ruth's record. Um, so like that all was very fascinating, um, but there was at one point. McGuire just like he he doesn't emote a lot when he speaks he just kind of like deadpans and he at one point just kind of like nonchalant was like yeah like I was born to hit home runs 
and like truly believes that in the deepest core of his being that God put him on earth to just hit dingers. And I have so much respect for that. I mean, it's yeah, so it's... awesome to see. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Before we move on from this topic of TV. Hold on. Before we, the fact that it was Mark McGuire hitting dingers. Has everybody here seen the Bash Brothers experience by yes. the Lonely Island guys? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Put that on your list. Okay. It's so funny. For your rainy weekend. Bash right. Brothers experience Lonely Island guys. Okay. Basically, it was it's just it's the Lonely Island guys yeah. doing like a, a Beyonce lemonade style like visual poem uh, based on Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco hitting dingers in Oakland. It's wonderful, just full of steroids and drugs. It's on the list. And good. Reps. It's it's hilarious and mildly horrifying and all of the above. It's wonderful. Okay. Excited. Speaking of wonderful and mildly horrifying, Jason finally watched Outer Banks. I did it. I went, I went all in on it. I watched the first one and then watched the other nine like within the week. Yep. Oh yeah, that's I how mean, it happens. They they yeah. did they not do an excellent job of cliffhangering you into the next episode? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, so that they just, like, cut it at random points. Like there was no. Yeah, they know if they find the treasure. <laughs> um, Jordan, you haven't watched this. Haven't watched the lick of it. But you're not going to. Are you not going to? Not anytime soon. So I mean, we can just talk about it openly. Just talk, yeah. Do yeah. do your thing. I mean, it, yeah, it's and I, t I think I texted Emily. This it was just like, this is the like the dumbest, most absurd show I've ever watched. I'm gonna watch the other nine episodes as fast as I can humanly watch them. Yeah. The the text messages I got from Jason while watching these <laughs> are like my favorite ever. <laughs> I was just like, what the <laughs> is this? This is ridiculous. Dude, these these kids are fun. not like 15 and 16 year old they're, they're younger than you'd think because i was like i was like these dudes are 28 years old but they're only like 22 Dude, so it's not as crazy hey, john b 27 we looked this uh, up yeah yeah he's really much closer in our age than the age oh i thought everybody was like 22 years old john b is like a full full developed 27 year old man oh okay here's here's the the best text message i got from jason and all oh, this oh god this could be so bad <laughs> um 16-year-old kids saying, I'd rather die than go to jail, and I'd rather die than live without you. I absolutely fell out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I basically explained that as someone who works with teenagers, this is actually a very it's accurate some, representation. Somehow of more accurate. Which... The whole scene where like the like grown man was chasing him around the sport fish boat with the freaking the yeah. gaff. Oh, with, the, with the hook. And... Was completely insane. I'm like, also yeah. Logan in here and say that that scene was definitely three minutes too long. Like, we could have done without a lot. Yeah, it was like, how many harpoons can this kid dodge on one single boat? Like, I bet it's seven, so we're gonna make it seven. It hammers off on the jet ski. It's, yeah. it's It was fun, though. It was, it was, fun. It was definitely it was fun. fun. I mean, it, was, it was fun. I'm gonna watch the second season as soon as it comes out, because it's the <laughs> dumbest show I've ever watched. I'm so excited. Very dumb, but it's just very low buy-in, and you kind of like are like, you know what? This yeah. the one character was uh, he was enjoyable. All you the just let it wash over you. It's great. All the characters were likable except for uh, oh, what did you think about Topper? Topper. I mean, yeah, that, that was the other thing. Is like the bad guys were just like, what's the douchiest human that's ever appeared on camera? Like. There was no, like, sometimes people, like, give a vision to their villains, like, oh, this is why he's this way, or he's, like, he's yeah. fighting for, like, something he believes in, like, 
No, man. Like, these villains just sucked throughout for no this reason. Guy, yeah, and then and Topper had a nice little redemption redemption arc there towards the Yeah, end. for, like, no reason at all. Yeah. They just, like, <laughs> oh, it changed his mind. Yeah. They didn't explain that at all. Like, like literally, like, in the same episode, like, 20 minutes apart, he trapped the dude in the closet <laughs> to get him arrested and then went to the... <laughs> Went to the church to rat him out and then found them what after they'd slept together and was just like, okay, I'm on your side now. Like, I have no idea what happened. No idea. No idea. Love it. Who was your was... favorite character? Oh, the, the girl. The only smart person in the entire show. Which, I forget which... her name. The, the good, like, the not, not the girlfriend, but the, like, the original Pogue girl. Pogue life. That's <laughs> Pogue right. Life. Pogues don't mack on other pogues. I'm totally dude. getting yeah, Jason and Outer Banks. Dude, next time. next time you go to the Outer Banks, Jason, you have to tag all your pictures. Pogue life. Obviously, <laughs> I will. I'll be there in two weeks, so trust me, I will do that. Perfect. Oh, my man, there's a. Yeah. I Hold on, what was you... the what was the girl's name? Yara. I think they called Yara, her yeah, T. Yeah. yeah, she was very. She was very blatantly the only person who had any idea what was happening the entire like. Everybody else was just like, what's the dumbest thing we can do in this immediate moment? Because I'm going to do that. And then she basically called them all idiots, and it was delightful. Yeah. can I bet you all can... Well, Jordan, you haven't seen it. I bet you can guess who my favorite character was. <sighs> okay, given what we've talked about, wanting oh, people Oh, it was to definitely have... Topper, wasn't it? No. That's the only thing I'm going to... I'll back out. I'm done now. <laughs> I love JJ. 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 Yes. Oh, uh, Yeah. Or JJ. Yeah. He was, he was, was he uh, the Dank Nugs guy? Yeah, uh, yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I forget what the screenshot that I sent you was, but it's like, they're like having a really in-depth conversation about like Topper dealing with his, or I mean not Topper, the uh, John B. dealing with his father's death and like, how do you process grief? And he was just like, uh, he's, it was some surf term <laughs> and Dank Nugs or something like that. And it was just like. I, he I think have, that was the moment I texted you guys. I was like, I'm all in. This is great. Yeah. He did have he a great line at the beginning of the show that he was like making fun because like uh, Kiara and John B were having like a, some, some sexual tension or whatever. And he was like, John B, do me with your John D. And I yeah. laughed so hard. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Okay. I found the screen cap and it's just, it's, it's <laughs> dank nugs and the stickiest of Vickies. <laughs> How many times did that get said in the various cubes during during Logan's college experience? Well, I am very sure that Several. Colin Smith said it multiple times. Yeah. That's Colin Smith's got to have been a writer of that <laughs> show. He might be. He might have ghostwritten this this series. Definitely, definitely consulted. Uh, the stickiest of Vickies. It's been almost two hours. You think we should land the plane here? And then yeah, I do. Yeah, probably. I do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even dare go into Bachelor Nation news. Oh, all tragic! Let's, are just gonna get riled up. Let's put a pin in it and revisit it next week. Along with baseball cards, perfect. Yeah. Our oh, two yeah. greatest passions. I forgot. I have plans. <laughs> that night. That's my fault. Passions: Bachelor and baseball. Really? Just yeah. Apple pie and Corvettes. Yeah. The bees. The big bees. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We're back. Hopefully better than ever. We'll be back again. Hopefully it won't be two months before our next uh, recording session. Maybe we'll have to start previewing a college football season that may or may not happen pretty soon. But, uh, mm-hmm. well, you know, we'll get there. I, you know, these, these pods have been fun, and we hope you've liked them too. Anyhow, you know where to find us. We are on uh, all of your favorite podcast acquisition services. I don't have the normal thing to read at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to wing it. Go Gators!
Go Hoos, wear a damn mask. Hey, go Dukes, wear a mask. <laughs> May the roses ever be in your favor. Be kind. Black Lives Matter. <laughs>